0: College circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for coming. Episode 62. I hope you've enjoyed the last seven weeks where we have gone over the book. The book is absolutely available in digital form over at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Play. It's everywhere. It's everywhere it can be right now. And uh, if you've got an Amazon device, you know iPhone, whatever you read your Kindles on, I'm running a promotion over there for a dollar uh, for the audio, for the Kindle, you know the digital ebook, so that you can get your hands on it right before college starts, high school is getting ready to start, so much is getting ready to start, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what do you really want. And this is a really important question that I think um, all of y'all should be asking yourselves right now as you prepare to start school or to not start school, if that's your choice. You need to decide and ask yourself, what is it that you really want to accomplish for the rest of this year? Right? We've gone over the book. You understand you're developing a growth mindset, cultivating courage. You're being decisive. You're taking action, embracing discipline. Exercising flexibility, embodying tenaciousness. Embodying tenaciousness um, does not necessarily have to mean that you are taking classes this semester. If your school is going to be doing some of them online and you would prefer to be on campus more, um, however it's looking for your school, and again, this isn't going to be, you know, Jesse's little rant about why you shouldn't go to school this semester, right? I'm not going to roll with that. That's not what the underlying message is here. That there is an underlying message that, for myself, that I remember about what was going on with me in my 20s that I want to be able to express to you all today um, as you listen to this and you think about what the rest of your year is going to look like. When I was dropping out of Ball State University after my third year there, and I went down to Orlando. Uh, it was a grave disappointment to many of my family members and friends that I was leaving Ball State, that I was dropping out. I don't really necessarily think I had much of a choice. I maybe could have gone in and begged them to let me stay, but they would pretty much had enough of me. Uh, I think my point two, <laughs> my last semester there, when I just stopped going to classes, pretty much showed them that I was mailing it in. What ended up happening was that I got pressured by a lot of my friends and family members, especially the family members, that if I completely dropped out and took off even a semester, and heaven forbid, two or three, an entire year, oh my goodness, that I would never go back. And that was an absolute fallacy. That was total BS. And I went for it. I was 21 years old. I had really barely even begun to find my own voice. I was very deep into alcohol and drugs at the time. So I, I would often just defer any major decision to that of the clan. You know, I just ask five or 10 people in my family and friends circle, what do you think I should do? And I would just take the whatever, whoever made the strongest case, whatever the, the most votes was for, whatever. If I could justify it in my head, I would go with that. I didn't want to make the decision on my own. And ultimately, what that led me to was a bunch of semesters at Valencia Community College where I didn't really want to be there. I was miserable. I made the best of it. I became the photo editor. Um, I started learning how to write stories for them. You know, I was active on campus as far as you know, volunteering for a couple events that they would have. You know, I was always on campus taking pictures for the newspaper. So I made the best of it, but I was miserable. And every single day I had to go in to one of those classes, you know, I was, I just did it so reluctantly. And and I tell you this story because I think it's extremely important that you start asking yourself, what is it you want? right your parents could be pushing you to stay in school because heaven forbid you take off a semester and you find that school sucks and outside working world's better or vice versa right? They could say, you know, no, you need to go and and get a job and just school is going to be super weird this year and let's not even bother with it and let's just start back up in the spring or next summer, right? And you might possibly miss out on an entire year of quote-unquote normal school where you can go and be on campus and be a part of what's happening there. And that to me is the best thing about college. It's what you're experiencing on campus. I had a friend of mine who teaches. Younger children with, um, like I would say, like learning developmental issues. So you know, children anywhere from you know five, six, seven, all the way up to high school. um, Just you know, with learning developmental issues. I don't, can't really dive too much deeper into it because I've never really learned the the correct vernacular, and I don't want to say something wrong. But I just know that it's, it's children who don't learn very well. And sometimes it's emotional, it's mental, it's physical. Uh, it, it runs the gambit. And I say this just to give what I'm getting ready to say. She said some weight because she deals with a lot of children and a lot of teenagers and tweenagers. And her original thought when this whole coronavirus went down was that we were going to see a massive change in the way that colleges ran and that ultimately they would move to a, almost uh, Complete online version of what they had been doing on campuses, I immediately balked at that idea, saying that these universities have spent hundreds of millions of dollars on infrastructure buildings, parking you know uh, I went to the SEC University of Florida uh, we you know hundreds of millions millions of dollars on a, on a football and baseball basketball sports programs in general right. we're talking over the course of time some of these universities have dumped billions into their growth and the way that they've set themselves up in a very powerful position in their communities. There is a 0% chance that the colleges are going to all of a sudden go completely online uh, or even 50% online and leaving so many of those buildings just sitting there empty. It doesn't make any sense financially and it certainly doesn't make any sense when it comes to just the overall energy of a campus. So I don't think that we have to worry about that. And um, you know, since things have started to move deeper into this pandemic. Um, She's starting to see how most of these students who are going to these schools don't want to be doing it online. If you wanted to do it online, you could be going to University of Phoenix, or you could be going and doing things on Coursera. Yale's got a ton of classes uh, for free online. But nobody wants to be sitting at home, right? Humans, by nature, are social creatures, I was reading a really amazing article today about isolation and the how the pandemic is causing this you know worldwide isolation issue and the person who wrote it was referencing how you know a scientist said that we are social animals by nature, and the author made a really good statement he's like he's like he thinks it's the opposite that we stopped being just animals because of our ability to socialize and the article goes on to say that the brain spends a majority of its resources, especially if there's nothing else for it to focus on, thinking about social interactions, its next social interactions uh, based on MRIs and studies they've done on people. um, They can pinpoint the area of the brain that when thinking about social interactions tends um, to fire, not tends, literally fires up on every single time. And so studies have been done that shows that humans need that social interaction. Colleges thrive on the fact that so many people come from these high schools that are these tiny little bubbles and that ultimately you they introduce you to a whole uh worldwide um student body right you're you're looking at an opportunity to come across people that you may never have seen before from uh an accent you've never heard countries you didn't even know existed you know coming around and all of a sudden being taking classes with you and so what i think is we, being social creatures, are going to be looking for ways to socialize. And that driver to be able to socialize could possibly just lead you to say, whatever is available on campus, I will take it. I just want to be on campus. And if that's the case, then great. You've made that decision. But definitely make sure that you've sat down and asked yourself, What is it that you really want to achieve from this semester? And it's what you're thinking about along the lines of achievement that will help you make the best decision possible. Someone the other day asked me if I thought that this year should just be considered a wash, and it's absolutely not allowed to be considered a wash because of the coronavirus pandemic. Because of the protests, because of this year being the election cycle, you're not allowed to use what's going on in the world as an excuse. When you get out, maybe you even are already out and you're, out, you're just going to night school to get, move on to a better career. You can't just use things like this as an excuse for not getting things done. I'm right? if financially possible, you know still be paying bills, still be going to work on time, like there are certain things i've done for myself i'm paying down my credit card debt. I used a lot of my six hundred dollars a week while I was furloughed to pay down that credit card debt I'm not looking at accumulating more debt because of this I'm not looking at you know skipping rent payments because of this. If I can financially do it, i'm doing it, trusting that I will figure it out later on down the line. And that's the kind of mindset I want you to have, is that you're not going to let this thing cripple your entire year. It already botched up your spring semester, right? It already messed up your summer plans. You know, for those of you who who were going to go off and do spring break, this definitely showed up there. The summer's almost over. We're rolling up onto August. A lot of places are already starting, to, are going to be starting in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be rolling out some shows about specifically getting prepared um, like I did last semester, you know, thinking about the syllabus and stuff, but also rolling it around with what's happening currently. There's a reason why I don't bank these shows a lot is because I like to be able to bring out what I've heard currently and bring it to the show. I've got some people lined up later on this year that are going to start talking about your financial aid and and debt and how come you should care about your credit score. Please care about your credit score. took me years to fix that up. Wrapping it all back to the main point that this year does not get to be a wash, you have to think about what it is you want to achieve. And if you're spending most of your time worrying about a problem rather than a solution, you know, dreaming rather than doing, watching rather than participating, judging rather than understanding, reflecting rather than experiencing. If you're spending more time doing the worrying, dreaming, watching, judging, and reflecting, and not spending more all of your time in solution, doing, participating, understanding, experiencing, you know, then I, I really have to ask, wonder, and I would like for you to ask yourself, well, where is it that you're putting all of your mental and emotional energy? Listening to the news cycle, they'll they'll have you think it's a calamity. And, and, and it, the pandemic is bad. People are dying. At the same time, a majority of the world isn't, and I'm not being callous and heartless to those of you who have known someone to die or within a couple, you know, first circle, second circle, third, fourth, hell, I don't know, if you just, just because you heard that a famous person got sick from it, it hurts you a little bit. I love emotions. Feel whatever you want to feel. But also realize that the globe is still spinning. That life is still happening. And you can have remorse and sadness for those who've suffered a great deal, perhaps even died or lost a loved one during this. And if that's you, then by all means, you need to Spend some of your time mourning. And if that's what you want to do for the rest of this year, is you want to mourn, then choose that. Going back to the original thesis of all this is, what is it that you really want? And a part of of the asking yourself what it is that you really want is being able to, are you self-aware enough to realize that oftentimes the thing that you want the most is something that you already have? Right? Like if if the theme of this podcast is what is it that you really want, then the thesis statement that I bring to you is do you realize that what you might want, you might already have? All right, am I using thesis there right? Maybe I could have Googled thesis before I jumped on the microphone. The reason I ask this is that oftentimes where I'm giving speeches at colleges, working with clients, uh, just you know, speaking in general, when I ask people what they want. They go, whether it's external or internal, and they start seeking things. Um, you know, if it's external, it could be a brand new purse, it could be a trip to Maui, Tahiti, Bali. It, it, it's inevitably what it is. It's usually if you ask somebody what they want, they will come back with something external. Now, if it's internal, like peace or serenity or calm or a releasing of anxiety, then again, a lot of the times. People have those things. We do have those moments where we're peaceful, where, we're, where we have serenity, where we have calm, where anxiety and stressors aren't taking over. But we don't see that in ourselves. We just know that right now we're super amped up about what's going on in the world and how it's going to affect us. And then we start to think about the future so far away that we start freaking ourselves out. If you're already freaking yourself out about spring semester or next summer, then I, whoa, let's pull the reins on the horses a little bit, come back to reality and realize you got to get through today and then tomorrow and then next month and then the holidays. So if it's internal and it's you know on that spiritual side, if it's your emotions, then be thinking about what it is that you want so that you can start to see that you oftentimes already have it. That there are definitely times when you... Have all of the things that it is that you're looking for. You may not have it all the time. You may not always be peaceful or serene. You know, you may not always have a calmness around you. But when you're starting to ask yourself, "Well, this is what I want," start looking at the times when you have it, and then ask yourself, "How are you achieving it in that moment? How are you being peaceful? How are you releasing anxiety, releasing stress? All right? How are you releasing like guilt or jealousy or shame? Are you spending a lot of your time thinking about the past?" You're spending too much time thinking about the future and not enough time thinking about the present. See, we want to be planning. We want to be thinking about what's going to happen in the future, right? Because, you know, planning is priceless, but plans are worthless. You know, you want to plan because you want to at least have a strategy in place, but you realize that the plans could go awry at any time. You had, you planned, you you had a lot of planning into the spring of 2020 semester, and then those plans went kaboom when Corona showed up. But at least you had a strategy so that you could take that strategy. And when you had to move back home and live with the folks again, you at least knew what it was you were trying to accomplish with school, right? You knew you had to, you, this is what you wanted to get done. And even though you had to change environments, you still had the planning in place. You just had to be able to exercise that flexibility that we always talk about. So again, when you're thinking internally Ask yourself, do you sometimes have this and are just not seeing it? And then how can you take the the peaceful, serene, anti-anxious thing that you sometimes feel and move it forward into any time that you're feeling it? And it can oftentimes just be stop f- stressing about the future. And definitely release the past. Make amends for anything that you've done incorrectly towards someone else and release it because you can't go back and change it. You can just learn from it and then change the way you behave the next time a similar experience comes around. So that's internal. Let's discuss it external when you ask yourself what you want because this is definitely when people will oftentimes come back and start rattling on... um, about what it is that they want to be able to buy, what it is they want to be able to accomplish. What you know, it's 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 oftentimes so external, and it's something that money has to buy. And that's where I start to have you ask yourself: Is it possible that what I want, I already have? Then one of the reasons I think asking yourself that question is what I want something I already have, is it gives yourself a chance to be grateful for the things that you have accomplished and the things that you have been able to bring into your life. Now, when you say, well, Jesse, how, I mean, how can I want it if I already have it? And one, I mean, there's a million ways to answer that question, but the way I answer it for myself is if if I own something, let's take my car, for example, my Santa Fe, if somebody takes that Santa Fe from me, if it just magically were to disappear, I would do everything in my power to either get that car back or to replace that car with another Santa Fe. I love the Hyundai Santa Fe. It's just my family has owned versions of the one I have for years. I just absolutely love that car. And so if you think about it to yourself, is there something that you currently own in your possession, external from your, yourself, right? It could be a watch, a purse, a, it could be your dog, it could be your, your, your car, it, whatever it is. That if it were to just all of a sudden go away, that you would go to the ends of the earth to get it back into your possession. That's something that you want that you already have. And I think it's extremely important that you ask yourself these kind of questions, because oftentimes when we think about what we really want, we go into this scarcity mindset of, well, I, I, you know, I got to get this, I got to get this, I got to get this, right? Where in fact, oftentimes we already have what we want. We just, since we own it, you know, the, uh, I think they, they call it like a, uh, The perceptual adaptation, where things that you have around you on a regular basis eventually become neutral, right? Whether it's positive or negative, right? It could be a bad roommate situation, and over the course of a year, you're just so used to it that it doesn't even seem to bother you as much as it did at the beginning. It could be your political affiliation and how one party seems to aggravate the hell out of you, and after a while, it just seems like whatever, that is just what it is right it could be your brand new watch that you bought or brand new purse and you're so excited to get it and then 3 months later you know you find it underneath your bed with 2 months worth of dust over it right this perceptual adaptation this idea that no matter how excited you were or doomed doomful you felt when something was coming your way eventually it just ends up being neutral and i think it's extremely important for me to go and say what looking around my room what are things that if they went away i would try Hell or high water to get back, right? Both my computers fall under that, right? My car falls under that, my podcasting equipment falls under that. Because there's a lot of the time that what we think we want, what it really is, is it's a desire. We desire a better car, we desire a nicer watch, we desire another purse, right? We desire another baseball hat, we desire another new video game. We might desire and there's a difference between want and desire. See, to me, want is something that's generally um, is something that you would not currently have, right? Like needs are water, food, shelter, warmth, right? These are like the basic things. Like if you're stuck on an island, you need to figure out your water, your food, your shelter, and your warmth on the quick because if you don't, you will die. Once you get past those main needs that you just have to have to even breathe, to even be alive on this planet, then the body starts being able to go, the body and the mind get to jump on board with the what do I want, World, right? To be on this, what do I want? Train, you know. If you want to go, Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs or Tony Robbins' six human needs. You just type in "human needs" into the internet and watch it It just bring you so much information you get lost. And I'm not going to dive too deep into need, wants, and desires. But if you are more interested in that topic, you can go over to my other podcast from sobriety to recovery, uh, where I just did uh, a whole episode on what do you really want. And I covered need, want, desires in depth over there. And it's definitely, I I went off, I mean, I think I threw out too much information. It was a great episode. Uh, It's about 50 minutes. (laughs) You might want to prepare a long drive for that one. But it's really amazing information so that you can look and think, look around and say, well, what is it, right? Needs are things that you must have or you die. Right When we're kids, I need that Oreo, I need that video game. Well, you don't. If I throw you on, a, on an island, all of a sudden your need for that video game and that Oreo will go away because you will need actual food and not just you know, fake calories. You'll need actual warmth and, and, you, and not just fake entertainment. Think about that when it comes to what it is that you really want and then know the difference between what it is that you desire. To me, desires are things that's like, well, that would be nice. It would be great if, you know, I desire to make a million dollars a year. It'd be nice, but is it a necessity for me to exist and be happy on this planet? No. So that that might be like the, the main point around desire. Do, do I need it to be happy on this planet? No. Then it's more than likely a desire. Even wanting a million dollars, even wanting your school to be completely open this semester so that you can enjoy a quote-unquote, normal college experience is not necessarily detrimental to your overall happiness and well-being. It's just something that's happening now. And and by exercising your flexibility and showing up every day as the best version of yourself, you're going to come out of this with a lot of really invaluable adulting skills, life skills that are going to pay dividends. They're going to pave the way for the rest of your life because you're going to prove to yourself you can handle a freaking pandemic and still go off and kick college's ass and get great grades. So as we wrap this episode up, and I ask again, what is it you really want? Not what is it that you desire, but what is it that you really want out of the rest of this year? One, when you ask yourself that, look around and see that if you already have it. And then ask yourself, are the things that you're wanting internal or external? Because you can control the internal. You can control how you feel um, about situations, how you think about situations, the actions that come from those thoughts and feelings, right? You can control those three things. You can control your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. To a certain extent, you can control results, but even those um, are, they're malleable by the people around you and by the other people involved. If it's just you having to sit down and write a five-page paper on how the coronavirus has affected the university system for your economics class, then yeah, you can control the thoughts, feelings, and actions of writing that paper. The results of whether it'll be an A or not is you know partially up to you for doing a good job uh, with your content and your context and your grammar and, and your punctuation. But it's also about what the professor thinks about the paper in terms of other papers papers he's read, papers that perhaps he's uh, written himself. There's only so much of the, do I get an A plus on this paper thing that you can control. But you can control your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. And I think it's extremely important that you start to roll that mindset into what it is you decide to do for the rest of this year. Go to school or or stay home and work and be near your family because you'd rather not be around a bunch of people who could get you sick, All right? Or go to school, jump into it full steam. Don't sit there and skip classes and get drunk on a Tuesday night because, hey, screw it, whatever, right? Like you went to school. You chose to go there during a pandemic. Make it the best damn semester ever. You know, choose to... Get a job on campus or choose to take out more student loans. Choose to not go to school and get a job. Choose to buy a Prius and pack it up with camping equipment and just drive around the country living off the land for the rest of the year. Whatever it is you decide you want to do, it's up to you. But you have to really sit down and ask yourself, what is it that you want from the rest of this year? Cultivate that courage that we've talked about and then be decisive. Make that decision. And then take action on it and do it to 100% of your abilities. Do not let the rest of this year be a wash so that you can blame the pandemic, you can blame all the other social societal factors that are going on, and expect that anyone's going to give two dams about that in three years. No one is going to care in three years. That you got seized during the pandemic because it was super stressful and you really didn't want to be there. You wanted to be by your family. Because any adult who's sitting there on the other side of that table is gonna know full well that you have choice. Right? You have the choice to make the change and you control the outcome based off of the choices that you make towards that. You wanna make some changes? You decide what you want to do. You got the choice and then you have the control and you go out there and you do it. I just want you all to have the best semester possible, whether that's in school, that's out of school. Just make sure whatever decision you make is your voice and it's your decision. Because going back to whenever I was in my 20s, yes, I took one class a semester for like two years just to appease my family. But I was still just so burnt out from being in school that when I got to UF, I kept up that and I was still just taking six, nine, sometimes 12, 12 credit hours in the fall so I could get free football tickets. I still didn't even get to go to most of those games because I was a waiter because I had to pay my own way through school because I screwed it up at Ball State. So my dad cut me off. So I had to pay my own way through school. Some people hear that I went to college for 12 years and thought that I was getting a free ride. I was not. Nine straight years of paying my own way. And a lot of that meant that I couldn't take a full load because I had to work a full-time job. I really wish I had not gone to school for those three years at Valencia, put gone to work, put money away, had a savings account when I got to UF, and been better prepared to take that college experience seriously instead of being a drunk doofus the entire time. Be decisive with what you're going to do and then take action. And then you show up every single day and embrace the discipline that it takes to get straight A's in college to prepare yourself as best you can for what's gonna, what the real world, quote unquote, is going to look like when you come out. Because this pandemic is going to screw stuff up for a couple years, if not longer. We're going to be feeling different kinds of reverberations throughout society and throughout our economy and throughout the kind of jobs that are available. We're going to go over that here in the next couple episodes about just being mindful of the job that you're setting yourself up for to make sure that it's not going to turn into an automated robot job or just be completely wiped out. Like you think about, I went to school for journalism, that profession's pretty much been wiped out where there used to be hundreds of thousands of people in it. Now it's just tens of thousands. Job market is just substantially more difficult unless you want to go work for a clickbait company like like uh, BuzzFeed. So anyways, I'll leave you on that. Just think about what it is you want to achieve the rest of the year. What is it that you really want internal and external? Run the whole, do I already have this thing in my possession as you're going through these things? And that's just a fun thing to do so that it keeps you more grounded about the things that you're trying to obtain in life. And when it comes to what you really want out of this semester, then just make sure it's your voice. Make a smart decision. Make the best one for yourself. And then step into that discipline that it's going to take to get great grades and get the most out of the semester. Know that you're going to need to be flexible at some point. Things are not going to go the way that you're planning them to go here in August down the line in September, October, November, December when quite possibly the flu season hits and we shut it all down again. Just go into it knowing that you're going to have to be flexible At some point, so just walk in the door, being flexible right off the bat. All right, that's it for today. Get yourself in the right mindset. I know you guys can rock this out. I have all the faith in the world. God knows that we've all had to see our lives just go up and around, and it's like this ebb and flow. Um, You're not the only ones. You know reach out to the people you you know and love you know like and trust and love in your inner circle, reach out to the university and set yourself up with a therapy appointment if you need to. Do not be afraid of therapy it is for it is for the strong. Trust me to go in those in those rooms and talk about what it is that you're feeling it is, that is a strong move. it is not a weak move. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. We are living in a world of isolation right now. Do not let your isolation turn into depression and cause you to shut the whole thing down and go into a spiral. That, that, that Going into a spiral on alone, alone in the dark and hiding from people, it, that, that, that is not good. When the alternative could be stepping into strength and walking into a therapist's office and saying, I need support, I need help. That's strength. Get yourself into one of those kind of meetings, into one of those kind of rooms, and talk about your feelings, talk about the things that are going on in your life before you're sitting in the dark, listening to the cure, and crying yourself to sleep because you feel so alone. Please reach out for help before you need it. That is the one thing I cannot stress enough. I wish somebody would have told me that when I was in my 20s, and maybe I wouldn't have spent a decade living life looking up through the bottom of a bottle. Be better than me. Please, just go out and reach out for help if you need it, okay? That's enough about that. I'm trying not to get on a soapbox at the end of the episode, as always. Inclusivity over exclusivity. Reach out for help if you need it. I said to drop that in one more time. The power of positive energy, release and flow. See you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>